today we are celebrating one of the greatest imaginations in all of literature and pop culture. The one, the only, the master of the craft, Mr. Stephen King. Yes, the man who gave us Carrie and Cujo and The Dark Tower and The Stand and It and so many others. It's about time. It's about time we get around to Mr. Stephen King. Today, I am bringing you one of the greatest adapted works that he has ever been fortunate to receive straight from a titan in the comics industry. But it's one you may not have heard of before, may not, may not have known of until today, and I am going to share it with you with so much joy. This is such a great adaptation, and you're going to uh, have your eyes opened to just an, an, an incredible, incredible work that bears uh, Stephen King's direct text, and it comes from Marvel, and I'm sharing it with you today on an all-new Observations. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld. I've been making the comics for 37 years. We are in our third year, approaching our third year anniversary of doing this podcast, Observations. Observations exists to take you on the journey that I had myself collecting comics from 1974. Yes, I am an old man, but I have had a hell of a journey and I've been sharing with you guys over these last three years from the very first comics I picked off the spinner rack up to the present, but all the different adventures I had with comic books along the way, how they have been a constant in my life and watching so many of them now become the the the, the bedrock uh, foundation for so much of pop culture. Again, I, I mention this all the time, but without these comic books, we don't have these hit films, hit hit shows, streaming, you know, so much merchandise, all of it. And it's, you know, you go into a mall, you go into a Target, a Walmart, you go to a restaurant, you go to a theme park, anywhere you mingle with people, superhero shirts. You know, people are, the shirts are the billboards of what they love and what they love is pop culture and superheroes, whether it's Batman, whether it's Deadpool, whether it's X-Men, Justice League, uh, you know, uh, the boys, My Hero Academia. I mean, you name it, it's it's out there. And I have loved, so loved journeying with you guys over, you know, my own travels with comic books. Today, man, we are going to service a name that has been uh, not given even a fraction of his due. He is a giant, a mammoth, a titan. He goes, he, I mean, he towers above pop culture, in my opinion, above comics, films, uh, you know, 40 plus years strong, been, been, been entertaining me for so long. I, I think he is erroneously, in my opinion, attached to, uh, to, to, to horror too much because he goes so much further but the man's name is Stephen King. You have been reading Stephen King possibly your whole life, just like me. And he is just uh, like like a, the Steven Spielberg of pop culture. And whether it's it, whether it is Carrie, whether it is uh, The Stand, The Shining, um, you know, uh, Dark Tower. Th- there are so many of them. Now, now, when you read this, this uh, when you, when you read the uh, the description for this episode today, Stephen King comics, I'm sure you're like, oh, he's gonna do Dark Tower. No, I'm not. I'm gonna do the lesser known and I think far superior uh, adaptation. I mean, Firestarter. You guys, so much of what uh, Stephen King has brought us is just pure and simple, you know, 
adventure. It's just mired in adventure. And again, while Marvel got the Dark Tower license and made a you know more power to them, did a huge job promoting that. Again, uh, the Dark Tower did not grab my attention like this story based on a, on a, on a novella, a, a short story that Mister Mister King did. Originally appeared in a book called Night Shift. And my introduction to it first was through comic books, through the incredible talent of Walter Simonson. Walter Simonson, who maybe possibly doesn't get enough run on this show, uh, full disclosure, you know, because of the uh, working relationship I working relationship I had with his wife, things have not always gone pleasant, and it sucks because his talent um, is so amazing to me. I have nothing but the biggest respect for him, but but his wife was um, removed from the book. Uh, that I was doing New Mutants shortly after I introduced Cable. And look, I did what a young guy was going to do. I used my leverage to uh, take over the book, write it, draw it. It worked out well for me. It worked out well for Louise Simonson, who went to DC and, 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 and went to huge success writing Superman books. But that little wrinkle has always been um, present, and, and it's unfortunate, but it is what it is, and it doesn't diminish any of the talent that I have come here to praise today, Walt. Uh, Simonson was a talent that I encountered first on Hercules Unchained, a, a series that DC was doing, and it ironically figures into the Shirtless Warriors, except unlike so many of the Shirtless Warriors, and we'll talk about that later, maybe at the end of the show today, how some how, how some of your reactions to the Shirtless Warriors were pretty funny, but, but the Shirtless Warriors, uh, most of them were non-powered. They're not superhero people, and, and so Hercules Unchained didn't have a shirt, and was had amazing talent. Jose Garcia Luis, uh, Jose Garcia Lopez um, was was a, a, an, an incredible, stunning talent who was who was just starting out drawing that book. But towards the end, maybe in an attempt to salvage the sales, they brought Walt Simonson on. He armored him up. It was kind of also a precursor to what he would do later with Thor. Hercules Unchained. If you can get the the series, it's a brief short run. The Walt Simonson issues are fantastic. This is where I first saw him. He was very distinct. Um, so, so, so there is a huge influence on Walt's work that is known to all, and it is the 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 um, the work of an artist named Sergio Topi. And if you were just to Google Topi's work, you would immediately see the impact that he had on on Simonson's uh, unique uh, rendering, illustration, uh, a lot of the. Uh, the, the the storytelling devices um, a lot. Uh, Walt utilizes a lot of similar collages. I'm gonna they're evident in this work. I'm gonna share with you today. Walt is best summed up as Jack Kirby meets Sergio Topi. Two great tastes that shouldn't t- great you know taste as great together as they do, but they do. He really did take um, from look like many of us early on. This is going all the way back. Certainly, Walt Simonson has created his own signature style. He is a blockbuster uh, creator and probably the most kick-ass creator in the history of comics at this time because um, at his age, uh, Walt is no spring chicken. If I'm an old guy, again, uh, Walt is is certainly, um, you know, w- when I get to be Walt Simonson's age, I will consider myself long in the tooth. He is 76 years young, but still kicking righteous ass, maybe more so than anybody in the field. He is... Uh, has been producing a book called Ragnarok for, from IDW for many years now. 
and it is a another Nordic, you know, mythological book and has the, 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 the Thor characters, but through a different lens. And it is brilliant. It is amazing. His output, his, uh, the maintenance of his style. I've mentioned it several times on the show, the, the, the excellence of his work. Uh, he is, uh, in my opinion, experience the least, if any at all, slip in the quality of his work as most artists do when they age. Uh, it is held. It, 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 his prime work bears a tremendous re- resemblance to the what to the, the work he's doing right now. And the work he's doing right now is phenomenal. Whenever he does an occasional cover or maybe 10 years ago, he was doing some, some more Marvel interiors again, returning. They were fantastic. They're spectacular. He is immensely talented. One of the top uh, of, of the age that he broke in with, with Frank Miller and John Byrne and, and Howard Chaikin and all the guys that I've mentioned. Ridiculously influential. His, his own work would influence gentlemen like myself, Art Adams, uh, Mike Mignola, Mark Silvestri, Jim Lee, he has a really powerful presence. Eric Larson, oh my gosh, Eric Larson. Walt is a force to be reckoned with. And when he started out on Hercules Unchained, he, boom, you know, got my attention. He did some Dr. Fate. He did some Metal Men over at DC. I was collecting all of them. It was the, you know, mid-70s. I was consuming anything that looked cool. And his work looked cool and has looked cool and has had impact and power my entire career. Well, in, in, in the... Early 80s, he was transitioning to doing more Marvel work than he was doing DC work. And he was, look, I'm going to tell you, this Stephen King episode is is like the beginning of our adapted series because I haven't done enough on all of the amazing adapted works. The world of comic books has adapted so much movies, novels, television. Walt is one of the most storied of the adaptions, the adapted work, uh, Maybe the most storied, Close Encounters of the Third of, of the Third Kind. Okay, he did that. In, he did that adaptation of Spielberg's amazing film, the comic book Treasury Edition. It, it was reprinted in a magazine. He uh, he did Alien, which which we're going to spend an entire episode on. It is mind boggling. Nineteen seventy nine, Ridley Scott Alien, a graphic novel. Uh, for the ages, uh, I, I got it in the Walden Books, which was a bookstore that that was kind of the Barnes and Noble before Barnes and Noble, and I bought it as a kid because I couldn't see the Alien movie, but I was able to sneak stealth by the graphic novel that was prominently displayed in again bookstores. I didn't see Alien, the graphic novel, at a comic book store. I saw it at a bookstore, Walden Books, and I poured over it, and it was just nothing shy of of just brilliant, amazing, and 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 again. Here's this Walt Simonson guy. And so Alien, so, so, and, and literally some of his best work, especially when you, the comic book adaptation is, a, is equally as excellent as Ridley Scott's movie because Walt takes so many stylistic uh, design, makes so many stylistic and, and design choices that make it a unique experience in and of itself. You got Battlestar Galactica. He, did, he didn't adapt the actual uh, movie that was released in theaters and was a, the three-hour pilot on television, but he did. He went on to do the series. He did Star Wars. I mean, look at these franchises, Alien, Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica, Close Encounters of the Third Time. I mean, Third Kind. Walt is like a premier guy in the world of the adaptation. And imagine, you know, summer, uh, early fall of, of 1981, and I am going to my grocery store, the Foodland. I no longer live on Broadway now. I live on 905 South Trident. 
and right up the street is a food land. And then there's a couple different markets. There's a, uh, I've, I've talked about the U-Totem that was behind me a couple blocks and the food land that was in front of me. And then there was a drugstore. Well, the food land and the drugstore had tons of magazines. And Marvel was in the magazine business big time at the time, uh, along with their, their, their Conan books. Uh, the, the Conan magazines and the Hulk magazine that they had really gotten behind uh, to 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 be, become more you know mass market friendly and be you know on the magazine racks next to Time Sports Illustrated they were exploiting their their connection with the Hulk show at the time the Hulk the Hulk TV show uh, with Lou Ferrigno was the trigger that 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 was that clicked with Marvel. Producing this Hulk magazine, so you had you had Conan. They had they had had a martial arts one that had run run for years, um, the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. Well, then they started doing a magazine that I loved called Bizarre Adventures. And Bizarre Adventures number twenty nine was staring back at me in the fall of uh, of nineteen eighty one, and it has a great painted cover, and it is in fact painted by Mister. Uh, Mr. Walt Simonson, and it is this crazy guy with a lawnmower, and 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 and, he, and he's pushing it right in into the into the foreground. He's 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 coming right at us with the, with this uh, this this very angry lawnmower, and I'm like, hey, this is Walt Simonson again. This 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 signature. This uh, this uh, I mean, you you can't miss this, and it, it's like he's towering above the blades of grass, but they're not blades, blades of grass, even though they're colored green, they're people. He's running over people all colored in green. It is a brilliant piece of, of amazing painted art, uh, by, by Mr. Simonson. And, and it says Stephen King's the lawn mower man. Okay. So, you know, I'm immediately enraptured by this and cannot wait to, uh, to, 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 you know, purchase this, which I do. Again, I don't know anything about the Lawnmower Man other than the Walt Simonson adaptation that is staring me smack dab in the face. I, I, I certainly haven't read it in any Stephen King novella yet. I would learn from this magazine, and that's where it came from, that it came from a, a book of short stories by Stephen King. The Stephen King that I was familiar with at that time was the guy that just scared the, the, the snot out of me with Carrie. Just absolutely just scared the living snot out of me. I was just ridiculously terrified when that came on te- television. I did not see it in theaters, but we were having a sleepover at a friend's house. The, 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 the friend's name was Pat. Pat is a guy, popular um, guy's name at the time. And lo and behold, uh, Pat says, hey, let's watch Carrie. And I'm going to tell you, I, it unnerved me. It scared the crap out of me. It has a great jump scare ending that I, I highly recommend you you steal yourself before you see it. Um, you, you may get super scared like little Robbie Liefeld did. And little Robbie Liefeld, I assure you, he did. He got scared. Um, and so, you know, when I, when I saw uh, Carrie and, and then later on, they had Salem's Lot, a, a vampire epic miniseries from the, the brilliant... Uh, from the just absolutely brilliant mind of Stephen King. And the reason we watched that and I was able to watch it is because it starred um, Starsky from Starsky and Hutch. It starred David Soul. Uh, David Soul was, uh, was, 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 Starsky and Hutch was a giant, massive uh, hit on television. 
and CBS wisely placed him as the lead in this uh, in this TV adaptation of Stephen King's Salem Lot. And guess what? Guess who got scared all over again? Me. Yes, me. I got scared. I was ridiculously scared. And just because, because again, I'm I'm, I'm learning because the TV guide ads, all the promotions. Stephen King was absolutely a force to be reckoned with. And 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 you you when when you encountered his work, I mean, get out of dodge, get out of dodge. That stuff is gonna is gonna scare the crap out of you. So, I am encountering this lawnmower man, which uh, had been had been hanging around. Um, and I picked it up and I flipped through it and I saw this amazing art by Walt Simonson, another, you know, yet another killer, uh, entry into the Walt Simonson, uh, pantheon of brilliant art. And I just had to have it. I was like, what is this? This is, this is, this is like nothing I've ever seen before. And so, so there it is. And, uh, the cover date on Bizarre Adventures is December, 1981. I just know it was sunny. It was warm out. I grabbed it. I consumed it. And here's the cool thing. Bizarre Adventures number 29 is what featured this, but what, uh, brought this to life for so many, so many in, 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 in recent years is IDW got the license to make a portfolio edition of Walt Simonson's Lawnmower Man. And that is what I am flipping through to share this with you today. So, so the IDW portfolio edition reprints these 11 by 17 sheets. See, the great thing is Walt Simonson has famously, uh, within the industry, hung on to almost all of his uh, original artwork, which is why like I, I believe it was Titan Books. I, I don't, don't check me on that. There's, a, there's an artist edition of the Alien uh movie adaptation from Ridley Scott also shot directly from Walt's original art because he still has it. He has uh, collected, uh, kept in his possession so much of his own artwork that you can suddenly, you know, get the rights from Stephen King, the rights from, you know, the reprint rights, whatever was going on with Marvel and Bizarre Adventures, number 29, and then, you know, contact Walt and cut a deal. And so they put out this portfolio edition. So I don't have to look at the magazine size Bizarre Adventures, which I love, but each of these individual pages however you decide to consume this you're going to want to consume this uh, walt kept the original text of stephen king so you are in fact getting a stephen king short comic book story uh, and I, I hesitate to call it short it's uh you know for, for the for the magazine uh the 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 book and the plates uh guy i want i want to say it's uh you know, 20 some pages. But again, when they're 11 by 17 and, and, and reproduced, uh, as if you're holding the original boards, it, it could not be more impressive. But the lawnmower man that I'm going to bring you is bears no resemblance to the Pierce Brosnan, Jeff Fahey lawnmower man movie, which was weird. Cause, cause I'm like, these bear no existence. And I was going to mention that at the end of this, but I should, I should lead with this, that eventually this is made into a movie, but it's not. It, only the title is used. Stephen King even sued to have his name removed from the movie because he was so pissed that they were using the um, his his uh, his name in conjunction with a story that resembled nothing. I mean, the, the, literally the tale of a lawnmower man who's kind of a, a dimwit that's turned into this like genius uh, a, a you know, and then and then 
artificial in via artificial intelligence and then and then becomes artificial intelligence that is not the story this is a horror story this is a suburban nightmare that that that, that Walt Simonson and Stephen King have are going to bring you here in this bizarre adventures marvel magazine again uh king won a, actually won a lawsuit to have his name pulled off the credits and then uh he he you know, they, they didn't learn their lesson. He got damages when they include his name on the home video release. So if you are looking at, if you are immediately going, oh, Lawnmower Man, I'm, I'm totally, you know, familiar with that due to the Jeff Fahey Pierce Brosnan movie in 92. No, I remember seeing it going, and even the ads going, this isn't the Lawnmower Man that I that I totally dug because this is horrific. And, and, and uh, Walt captures this, you know, immediately immediately captures the horrific, grim and gritty and, and dirty aspect of this story. And this is what actually got me to go and read Stephen King. So this comic book adaptation of a Stephen King short story uh, got me to read Stephen King when Carrie and Salem's Lot did not. Again, Salem's Lot giant hit monster numbers on CBS into the 70s. Carrie, box office smash. Stephen King was, was, was well on his way, you know, the, the Cujos, obviously the Stand, It, all of these movies were going to continue to build his incredible legend in pop culture as this master sci-fi adventure horror novelist, uh, just a brilliant scribe with, with honestly, in my opinion, without equal. But this comic book, and that's the brilliance of comic books, got me to read Stephen King novels, which I went, was then picking up with as much interest as I was anything like adapted from from star wars the the, the novels the, the sci-fi or the swords of shannara or the lord of the Rings stuff that i was consuming so kudos to comic books and kudos to this incredible work the lawnmower man of the short story the original stephen king story tells the story of harold parkett and uh it it, it opens you know he's a huge uh red Sox fan and you can see on his property the the the, the grass is you know needs needs some cutting but he is, we are introduced to him listening to a Red Sox game as he downs a beer. And then you realize why um, the, the lawn looks like hell is, and they tell you in a flashback that uh, a, a year earlier, while uh, a boy was mowing the grass, uh, the uh, the dog, the Kastenmeyer dog, not the Parkett dog, because again, this is the story really of Harold Parkett, the Gastonmeyer dog was chasing the Smith's cat. And in this pursuit, and you should see the way that this is depicted. Again, Walt, um, there is a lot you will definitely see if you if you look at Sergio Topi, you will see the brilliance of Topi coming through on the Walt Simonson as he is emerging and finding his full form. And again, guys, sourcing is so fun to do. If you sourced my work, you will see Kirby, you will see Art Adams, you will see Simonson, Byrne, Perez, all the names that I mentioned, Cockrum, uh, Every name that I mentioned to you, Barry Smith, the, the infamous Barry Smith of the feud interviews. Yes, everybody. I, I kind of count everybody. Yo, if you if you like something, you pull it in. Um, of my peers, the biggest influence is probably Mark Silvestri. I think we all were, were digging on him. Um, he's a little older than the rest of us. But again, sourcing is fun. So when you can, uh, sourcing is not shaming. You know, George, George Lucas, uh, Steven Spielberg, uh, Martin Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola, uh, uh, you know, um, Christopher Nolan, everybody sources, everybody's looking from somebody else. Do you, do you really think that Steven Spielberg did not uh, implement all of the stuff that he loved about Alfred Hitchcock? He did. And David Lean, he did. So again, sourcing is not shaming. It's just fun to watch. 
It's fun, especially when you're there in real time and you're experiencing this. This dog is chasing this cat. Walt tells this sequence immediate, just fantastically. And you see uh, that the, uh, you know, the poor animals got caught in the melee of the boy who was mowing the lawn. And uh, this caused a ton of, uh, you know, a ton of drama because the cat was mauled by the lawnmower. And, you know, they've got, they're, they're pulling pieces of him out of this lawnmower and uh, Harold is, uh, you know, traumatized. His wife is traumatized. Shasta, Shasta, that's the name of the cat. Poor Mrs. Smith, Shasta. And, you know, Harold's like, oh, God, I got I to gotta, I gotta hear about this stupid animal dying. But um, he turned the lawnmower in, because you know, and uh, changed it. It says, uh, for a tank of high test and uh, gas and a new radial tire. So he swapped it out with the guy at the gas station. And, uh, <clears throat> well, the grass and the dandelions continue to grow and, uh, you know, it, it, it picks up that Harold needs somebody to mow his lawn. So uh, it says, you know, by midsummer, uh, Harold Harold Kastenmeyer needs to needs to get his damn lawn lawn mowed and start starts making some calls. And uh, I mean, this is from October to July. He's got weeds. He's, it shows the length of the grass how un, how how crazy it's it's grown, and how the neighbors would content would. would uh, would, would comment and bust his nuts on it. And uh, so <clears throat> he sees an ad. Again, this is all him writing directly from Stephen King's book. And he says, lawn's mode. Okay, I'm going to call this guy. And they say, uh, we'll send somebody right out. And so Harold waits as, and, 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 he, and he's, he's, you know, out in the patio. He fell asleep waiting for this guy. He's again re- listening to a Boston, you know, Red Sox game. And uh, wakes up when a giant, you know, sound of the lawnmower man pulling up rings the bell, and he opens the door to an in- immense, a giant, an obese, uh, just Walt. Really, he barely fits in the panel. He's enormous, and uh, and he says, "Hey, I'm from Pastoral Greenery, the the service that you called." And uh, it says that Harold remarks that he smelled of grass, earth, and oil. And he says, uh, my name's Karis. I'm going to fix you up. I'm going to mow your lawn real good. And uh, he says, well, it's the back lawn that's the real chore. And he goes, yep, you know, got it. So our uh, our, our, our giant uh, friend in overalls, who's, who's just in overalls and a hat, and he's super obese, uh, who's here to mow the lawn, Karis, K-A-R-R-A-S, says, I got it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of it. So he goes outside and we see that the back lawn is almost like up to your midsection. That's how how bad this lawn has been neglected. And so uh, the lawnmower man, big old Karis, shows his big now chunky, ch- Walt turns the camera, shows you his big, big, big giant ass uh, in, in his overalls walking away. Harold sits down with the financial uh, paper and, and uh, nods off, but he awakens to the giant roar, roar, roar. And... Uh, it's like this animalistic sound. The way the way Walt is 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 illustrating this, and these giant sound effects, roar, 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 
And then he saw, what he saw, it says, was a pure nightmare. You, you see in Harold's eyes as he looks outside, he's, he's horrified by what he sees. And you see the lawnmower, a lawnmower, a high-powered lawnmower, just out on its own without anyone manning it. The aging red mower running on its, but it's a big mower. It's it's aging, but it's a big power mower running at fever pitch, tearing across Harold's lawn like an avenging hell, an avenging devil straight from hell. And so then that is when Harold is mortified. And we see, and I cannot even imagine how much Walt Simonson, the fun he had drawing this. There is a giant naked man, the giant obese man in his overalls. The overalls are off. He's still wearing his hat. But he is chewing the, the the grass that is left behind from the lawnmower, naked, butt naked. And it says, chomp, slurp, munch, crunch, gulp, snort, foot, grunt, grunt, gulp. And uh, he is in all of his naked, obese glory, just chewing that grass. And he, he, he Walt pulls a reverse angle of him from behind, but you don't get full butt crack. You get partial butt crack, full big fat thighs, big giant obese guy chewing on the grass in the wake of the, you know, motor, the, 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 the lawnmower that again is, as he says, tearing through the lawn like an avenging devil straight from hell. And Harold steps out and, 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 Oh, the disgust on Harold's face. Walt captures it so perfectly. He says, stop, you stop that. <clears throat> and uh, this, this is so nasty. Uh, a mole darts out from the grass before a, uh, the, the, the lawnmower reaches it in anticipation of the lawnmower. It's a down, it's an, uh, an eagle eye shot, uh, an above view down shot and you can see the approaching lawnmower and the mole as he is crossing the lawn he parts the last of the grass and the the uh the the mole tries to attempt to get out of the way of the lawnmower but can't do it gets raked gets destroyed and what follows is uh is our good buddy is our, our is our good buddy uh 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 Karis, the naked lawnmower man down on all fours if i didn't say down on all fours he is crawling eating the grass from the ground the leftover grass he marches right over to that mole that has been ripped apart by the lawnmower and he eats the mole the, the, the head of the mole is coming out uh the head and the neck are coming out of Karis's mouth it is a giant close-up as he chomps on this mole and and uh walt spares no uh Walt spares no uh, detail whatsoever in depicting how disgusting and bloody and gross uh, this shot of Karis leaning all the way down to the dirt. Munch, smack, gulp as he consumes the mutilated, uh, bloody corpse of the mole. It says that Harold vomits, and you see some vomit on his mouth, and it says he, uh, Harold Parkett, faints. He, he collapses. And he says, oh, no, 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 please. And then that's when they show him collapsing. And then it says he comes to. And he is awakened. And uh, he kind of, for a minute, imagines that it would be his wife waking him up. Come on, Harold, get up, you silly. Again, this is, you can see how Stephen King is writing this. Like, Harold, of course, he's being, you know, awakened by his wife. Except he's not. He wakes up and, and Walt has a close-up of the lawnmower man's teeth with blood and grass across all of his teeth. And he says, uh, you know, 
Hey, wake up. You fainted, buddy. You okay? It says the lawnmower man's green hairy teeth uh, look down on, on Harold and he realized this was no, no dream. Then Walt shoots this from the squat position, mid-squat of uh, the butt crack of Lawnmower Man. Thighs up, crack out, just because he's in squat position over um, Harold trying to wake him up. And uh, and Harold goes, you and the grass. And he says, uh, Harold saw that there would be no need to rake this job. The Lawnmower Man has eaten every single blade. And, uh, and we see that the, the, the grass has been completely mowed while he has been unconscious. They, they show you through another, you know, uh, bird's eye view, high down shot that the grass, that, that there is no more grass. It's all been consumed. The lawnmower mowed it and, and Karras, K-A-R-R-A-S, ate it up. And, uh, and, and, and Harold is, is, is aghast. What is this? And he goes, well, buddy, this is a new thing our, our boss has been trying. And he goes, every now and then we run into a customer who doesn't understand. Some people got no respect for the efficiency, right, buddy? But the boss is always agreeable to a sacrifice. Sort of what keeps the wheels greased, you know what I mean? Harold is uh, trying to awkwardly move away. And he realized he was dealing with a madman. And it, it shows our lawnmower man, again, squatting in full squat position like he's taking a dump. Smiling at, at Harold. I mean, Walt just knocked this out. I remember coming home from Foodland and plopping down on the couch of our living room, which actually looked out over the lawn that I mowed because I was the lawnmower boy. I, load, I, I mowed lawns, not only my family's, but others in the neighborhood in order to raise money. So imagine how this is resonating because in, 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 in uh, fall of 1981, uh, you know, I am just about to turn 14. So this is just tickling me. Uh, next shot, another big behind giant shot with his big ass cheek and Karis is uh, shot from behind again in squat position. He, he hits his, he hits his leg. He says, God bless the grass. He says, uh, I can see you got the right spirit. I'm going to write that sucker down. All right. Duty calls buddy. And he says, okay, whatever you say, whatever you say, Harold's trying, just trying to back off and get into his house. And then it shows from behind uh, the lawnmower man outstretches his arm. Like he's stretching out, like he's yawning. Like when he wakes up in the morning, cause his, his job he, he is, is for all purposes done. And he says, you, 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 uh, go ahead, buddy. Uh, this, this hits everybody hard at first. Harold backs in and, uh, into the house and his thoughts are the, the police. Do, do I need to call a, the police or a mental hospital? Then Karis winks at him, says, you might even want to give it a whirl yourself, buddy. The boss has always got an eye, an eye for new talent. So he's recommending that Harold try the lawnmower technique the way he did. We see when we see the feet of the lawnmower man walk away. And this is very careful. He, he, Walt now shoots the, uh, from the knees down, the lawnmower man is approaching us. We see he doesn't have feet. He has hooves. This man does not have five fingers. I mean, he does not have toes. He has hooves like a horse. And you're like, what the hell's going on? He says, uh, Hey buddy, I figured you must've guessed God bless all the grass pans. My boss pan P A N. So pan is a, you know, a pagan god. Harold watched numbly as the lawnmower man took his uh, machine around to the front yard, again, butt naked now for all the neighbors to see. And he says, no sweat, buddy, I'll take care of it. And then we see that Harold makes his way to the phone and he picks up and uh, and, and and reports everything that's going on in his house. Indecent expo- exposure, a naked man mowing his lawn, um, you know, that the police aren't really taking him seriously. And he's like, you need to, you know, you need to commit 
to taking care of me on this. And they're like, look, give us your, uh, give us your address. We'll send, we'll send a car out. And, uh, then suddenly the front door comes crashing open while Harold has been making this phone call. And we see, uh, the lawnmower man enters the, the front door that has swung, swung open. And, uh, Behind the and, and and following the lawnmower, which is all smoking and fired up and ready to go, it says it roars into the house. You see the big giant. He now takes his hat off uh, and waves, twirling his hat at at uh, at Harold. The, the lawnmower man is filling the door, and he says, "That was a mistake, buddy. You should have just stuck with God bless the grass." And now the lawnmower machine is hunting Harold. Parquet is being hunted hunt, hunted by this lawnmower that is going right over his table. Uh, smashing the coffee table and it is uh it is pursuing uh Harold as the as the the the, the phone is is saying Mr. Parquet are you still there are you still there and uh and it says you know the lawnmower man says you made a big mistake we're just going to get this sacrifice business out of the way real 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 quick and painless uh he says you know i think the bird bath out back will be just fine Harold throws a chair at the lawnmower, trying to slow it down. He runs outside. The lawnmower runs at him, just lunges off the steps and pursues him. We see Walt draw from the knees down, Harold trying to flee the lawnmower, which continues to close in behind him and get closer. And at the end, uh, he is toppled by the lawnmower, as you can imagine, and uh, mowed over as the lawnmower man towers over him and pursues him. And when they get there, the cops are walking. Then, then we cut to it says later. It's a police car. It's out in front of the uh, the house, and the cops are going, "Where's the body?" And he uh, and he says, uh, "There's there's some of them on the lawn, I think." And and the the coroner says, "Well, because there's a coroner and ambulance there. What is that supposed to mean?" He says, "Look, part of part of them's in the bird bed, in the bird bath, and uh, you see chunks of Harold hanging out of the bird bath as they approach it." It said Lieutenant Goodwin crossed the freshly mown back to the birdbath, reflecting that the world was full of psychos, and still he had time to reflect that Parkat must have taken a lot of pride in his home because the lawn looked great. <laughs> and he says, uh, well, like the Irishman said when he saw the black-haired Swede, there's a Norse of a different color. And uh, it ends with them leaving the grounds and in this incredible three-quarter, almost full splash page where you see at the top Walter Simonson has depicted the house. The, the the lawn is now in the shape. Walt has just, instead of the downshot of the lawn, it is the lawnmower man's face. So again, a, a very strange, uh, disturbing, uh, you can hear me shuffling these giant boards, which I was only too happy to share with you. Walt Simonson depicted this uh, novella of Stephen King in all of its graphic form. It is stunning to see the contrast when the lawnmower man gets there and barely fills the panel i'll do the lawn thanks for calling our service his his uh his his uh reference to pan the god pan is his boss and the fact that he mows the lawn and then cleans the lawn eating it butt naked and then murders uh the as is is clearly most the case especially based on the cover as the lawnmower man is not it looks like he's, he's cutting the grass, but as I said on closer inspection, all the people running from the lawnmower man, tiny, underneath his towering image, they're, they're colored in green, so they look like grass being mowed down. Creepy, cool, wild, over the top, 
graphic, super violent, horrific, disturbing. Um, all of these are contained in this amazing uh, adaptation. So I go and I get the novella, uh, you know, where, where this originally saw saw print. And when I read it, all I could see was Walt's pictures. I needed the Walt Simonson for accompaniment because, you know, there's always, well, the book is better. Except here, the comic was better. And, and, and Walt just rose to the occasion like he does in everything and outperformed the task at hand. And this Lawnmower Man adaptation in Bizarre uh, Adventures 29 is one for the absolute ages. If there had been a Stephen King adaptation prior to this one, I, I didn't see it. And, and again, the thing you got to understand, when I'm 14, I don't have a car yet. I'm not driving. I've, I've kind of grown out of all of my, uh, you know, action figures. I'm no longer, you know, into Star Wars. I, I had a garage sale. I got rid of all those. Got a good price for a young kid back in 1980. Do I wish I had them back? Yes, of course I did. But right after Empire Strikes Back, the summer before I had kind of, you know, I was like, I got to grow up. But comics never left me. Toys, action figures, dolls, that had kind of left me. And so even more of my disposable income, my allowance, my earned money went to comic books. So seeing a magazine, seeing a treasury edition, that is my preferred investment. And ran ran home with that Bizarre Adventures because of Walt Simonson's art, the subject matter, just flipping through the black and white. If I didn't mention that it's all black and white, it's black and white. And then again, the irony that I looked out over my own lawn in my living room because the light is so great in that room again in the middle of the afternoon. And I was just so kicked. Just, again, comic books transported me, not to a place of superheroes, but to a place of absolute horror and a place of Stephen King. So again, if you can get a copy of this as a back issue or this brilliant IDW Lawnmower Man artist edition portfolio where they literally print each page in all of its glory and you can see the artistry where, where Walt goes crazy rendering and where Walt tames it down a bit because he wants you to see just how completely naked, clean, obese the lawnmower man is, the grist of the, the grass on his teeth. It's just fantastic. But Stephen King has had quite, uh, literally, again, a, a towering pillar of pop culture, but has had some really interesting comic book adaptations. I don't think any of them come close to this one. And, and, and Marvel has done you know their fair share of them. But this one... Uh, I encountered in the fall of 1981 and reading this caused me to hunt down the very best of Stephen King that, that, that was to come. Because like I said, my only previous exposure to him was the Salem's Lot original television series. However they have remade it, I, I've, I watched the David Soul original version and I still find that one to be so fantastically uh, well-made. And again, Carrie, which is a movie for the ages, not the re, the, 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 not, I know they remade Carrie, uh, the original, uh, just again, disturbed me. I couldn't sleep that night, s staying over at my friend Pat's house. And there was like six of us guys, but I was haunted, scared. Stephen King, uh, in comic books is something really special, especially when it was, it is done by someone as ridiculously talented and influential as Walt Simons. When all is said and done, I don't think Stephen King could have asked for a better adaptation 
for any of his stories than the work that Walt Simonson put in adapting The Lawnmower Man. I am telling you, The Lawnmower Man is not that Pierce Brosnan movie. It is this grisly short story that uh, just gripped me as a teenager. When you see it, it will grip you. Again, two two formats that you can grab it in, but we have not celebrated Stephen King nearly enough. And, and as I said, he's got adaptations, and this was one I just wanted to bring to your attention because it is excellent. I, there is like, Walt Simon is the upper echelon of illustrators in the history of comic books. So so Stephen King got a short story illustrated by the upper echelon of illustrators in the history of comic books. And as I mentioned earlier, the text is completely from the book. Because again, like I said, I went out, I grabbed the book, I read it, and all I could see was Walt's illustrations, the depiction of this. So I, I just dig the fact that Marvel got a hold of this and they were able to uh, adapt it, good God, 40 plus years back. And you should check it out. Maybe it's online. I'm not sure the access you have to it, but uh, it, it, you know we here at Rob Observations tip our hat to Mr. Uh, Stephen King, and and we look forward to indulging in further discussions uh, of of adaptations of his work. But none will top this. This will sit at the at the tippy top of the Stephen King adapted works. Now I said we would would return to the discussion about the shirtless warriors, and I I think it's funny that. <laughs> I got a lot of reaction to the shirtless warriors. You guys are really fast. You're, you're getting faster and faster with your instant, uh, you know, reactions. You guys can reach me so quickly via all the different social network platforms that, that I'm, I'm, I'm on and that you're on and that we share. And, uh, people are like, well, what are, what about Namor, Prince Namor, Submariner? What about the Hulk? The one I got the most of is what about the Hulk? And I'm like, you guys no, you're, you're misunderstanding again, the thing that unites Tarzan and his son Korak and Tor. Uh, and Claw, and Conan, and Cole, and really, again, Conan was the outlier because he came to comics with a giant fan base from his pulp novels, uh, similar to Tarzan, but Tarzan really got passed around the comic book spectrum, which is why he deserves to be a part of it, and because they gave comic books to Korak, and, uh, you know, and, and honestly, without Tarzan, you don't get Marvel's Kazar to begin with, so so he he really is a catalyst for so much and we've done a sword and sorcery episode, which covers like that the, the fantasy, uh, really movement that that Conan started the sword and sorcery movement. But the shirtless warriors are by and large, even your barbarians like King Cole and Conan, they're 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 powerless. They don't have superpowers. So so when people start throwing me, look, Prince Namor can fly, breathe under the water. He has super strength. He can go toe to toe with the Hulk and the Thing, and has. He's teamed up with Doctor Doom. He has a he is. Arguably Marvel's first superhero, going all the way back to the you know World War II, maybe 1939, but certainly in the 40s. And I don't have the dates in front of me, but it's in that realm, that area. And so he represents something completely different. And for a time, they literally put clothes on him because they thought he'd look better in a costume. When I first encountered Submariner, as I've talked to you guys in my dedicated Submariner. Uh, it's a it's a good one. It's uh, the Sea Kings, the the Submariner versus Aquaman. Because so many people think Submariner followed Aquaman when it, it was it was reverse. And you should check that out. But again, they put clothes on him. They they he had a cool blue outfit when I first met him in 1974 in uh, Fantastic Four 147. And for that entire period, he was wearing that outfit. Because again, Namor, you you can't say that he was a shirtless. Uh, one one of the he wasn't part of the plight of the shirtless warrior because as I've said he was leading he was a leading figure in Marvel's two big team books at the time Defenders and Invaders 
He had his own book that he co-starred with in Dr. Doom called uh, Supervillain Team-Up. And then he had his own series that he bounced in and out of. Uh, dude was was big time in demand. But yes, and Hulk, Hulk is more of a monster. Hulk I, I, is like in your werewolf finite Frankenstein man thing. It, just because he rips his shirt off, he doesn't qualify. Because again, this is a giant, I mean, he's an Avenger. He's a defender. I mean, he's he's collapsed, you know, fortress walls. I mean, he's he's ridiculously powerful. So it's funny when you're like, hey, but it's typical. It's typical of this age. Like your category doesn't exist to here. Look, the shirtless warriors were powerless and 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 that's kind of the through line. They were all kind of normal dudes. So of the ones that we shared, again, Tor, Kazar, Tarzan, Korak, Killraven, Commandy, you know, they needed weapons and they were, you know, the, the they were like Charlton Heston in Planet of the Apes, who was, again, the, the ultimate shirtless warrior. And then somebody said, well, what about Thundar? Well, he's a cartoon character. And Thundar wore a full, like, like fur, like, jumper. Um, like, I, I have, I met some of the artists who did Thundar years ago because it was my favorite cartoon. And I have drawings right in front of me on my billboard that I look on my bulletin board every day that I look at. And I assure you, he was not bare chested. Again, He-Man wore a harness. So I love the interaction. I love the back and forth. If you can seek out in, in terms of back and forth, the, the lawnmower man and see some of this incredible work Walt Simonson did it adapting Stephen King, you should. And I, I, I certainly do appreciate it. <clears throat> We have reached the end of the show. It's it's an earlier one than normal today. Wow. And uh, I am so excited every episode to share the killer uh, reviews that you share with me. And I, 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 again, am so appreciative of the the time and the effort that you all uh, put into uh, sharing your enthusiasm for the show. We rely on it. It's so necessary. We are uh, always just... Hugely appreciative of uh, the ways that you guys all uh, jump in and and uh, support the show. And when you read, write these reviews and you give us the five stars, it really helps elevate us. I say this each time and every time because it doesn't stop being true. It is. And again, you have my gratitude. I love that I can read these. And I'm going to um, share this one today. And uh, this, is a, this is a fun one. Um, he says, uh, <clears throat> if you like comics, you have to listen to Rob's observations. Five stars. This is from Tom Odd. Tom Odd. Uh, he says, I'm a collector from way, way back, well before Rob's career began. And I enjoyed the image explosion on the scene. I am a fan of Rob's artistic skills. <clears throat> I stumbled on this podcast and am so glad I did. Rob's depth of knowledge about the business and the players is impressive. And the podcast is very fun to listen to. As a past or present fan of comics. Wow. I mean, again, I this I couldn't ask for a better review. And he gave us five stars. Thank you so much, Tom Odd. Tom Odd. I, I appreciate uh, this so much. Uh, again, past and present. I try and... I'm always bobbing and weaving. Look, I've, I've come to realize we are not a conventional show. You know, I get, you know, hit with Twitter. Like so many of you are the social media outlets. Like, we react to The Last of Us. We react to the Mandalorian trailer. You know, that's never going to be our show. There's so many people who are already doing that and uh, they're slugging it out. I am trying to, again, today, honor a giant in our field, in the in the, in the world of literature and pop culture and adventure fiction, action fiction. Because I mean, really, how do you draw, you know, Dark Tower is action adventure. 
thrill, uh, thrilling. Um, it is obviously more of a horror. I mean, Cujo carry fitting that horror. Uh, but you know, the stand is like an epic adventure novel. I mean, Stephen King is, uh, a genius and an imaginative, uh, genius that, that really stands alone. And so figured today we, it was, it was about time to honor him and his contributions in this excellent adaptation. So thank you again, as always for listening. I read your reviews when you leave them at the end of each and every show. I appreciate so much when you do leave them. If you want to catch me across all the other d- different, um, social media platforms that I hang out on, I am on Twitter. I am on Twitter at Robert Liefeld. Full name, couldn't get Rob Liefeld. That's not me. Robert Liefeld has the blue check, tells you it's me, at Robert Liefeld. Uh, I'm on often. I see uh, and interact with you guys as much as I possibly can. Thank you for all the messages and the discussions that we're able to have on Twitter. Follow me over there at Robert Liefeld. On Instagram, that is my photo dump diary. And I think that pretty accurately describes it, a photo dump diary. If I'm drawing, if I'm <clears throat> maybe sometimes having food, it's on my story, uh, y- you know, family pictures, past, present. Uh, I- I'm sharing it all, all the time on Instagram. But I love reading your comments. Uh, so many of you guys send me messages, pictures. Uh, you share your own accounts with me and the stuff that you're sharing. I love it. I- I- I'm-, I'm so excited. I am at Rob Liefeld. I actually got my name, Rob Liefeld. Over on Instagram, also has a blue check verification. Uh, go ahead and feel feel free to follow me there. Talk to me over there. I, I look forward to seeing you. We have a uh, Facebook page. It's uh, not not a page. Sorry, a group. It's a Facebook group. Uh, I am a moderator and administrator of it, along with a gentleman Terry Sala S A L A. We are the two who will click you through. It's called Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. I like to add that uppercase and beyond. Um, Please join us. We're building a really cool community there. We have drawing contests. Uh, people share all sorts of uh, comics that they've collected, characters they dig uh, that, that, that kind of circle around my body of work. It's uh, Whether it's characters I own or created or the stuff that I've worked on that I don't, you know, did not create characters for uh, or, or, you know, or don't own a piece of like the Avengers, Captain America, Snake Eyes. Um, always looking for... Uh, Looking forward to seeing what you guys are digging. Uh, obviously, Deadpool, X Force, Youngblood, all the extreme stuff is um, is discussed there. So join us. Either myself or Terry will be the ones to click you in. We we're, again, we're growing a really big, nice uh, community, growing on a daily basis. Come join us. Rob Liefeld, Marvel, Extreme, and Beyond. Generally, uh, twice a week, I'm on this next app, this next platform. It is called Whatnot. It is really burning up in the world of collectibles and. You can buy pretty much anything in the collectible space there, including sports stuff, uh, jerseys, shirts, kicks, sneakers. Uh, there's obviously, you know, I, I've seen that whatnot is now, if you want to go to the upper crust, there's Rolexes, but little Robbie Liefeld, and I am Rob Liefeld on whatnot. Please uh, download the whatnot app and check it out. You're going to dig it. All these different portals of stores, Silver Age, Golden Age, Bronze Age, Modern Age, Comics, Collectibles, Variants. I, little Robbie Liefeld, the Rob Liefeld uh, that, you, that, that I hope you follow. And I, I have uh, shows generally Wednesdays and on the weekends, look for when I schedule them. If you follow me, you'll get a notification when I'm, when I'm going to schedule a show. Uh, we have variants that we did with whatnot, a Deadpool, new mutants, variant, uh, Spider-Man, uh, variant. That's cool with venom and, and, and vulture and Dr. Octopus. I love it. It's a cool cover. Uh, came out really nice. We have a brigade, uh, variant that we did multiple, uh, variations on a variant. <clears throat> 
We've been offering all sorts of uh, special customized signatures. Uh, find out what a blood splattered chisel, <laughs> what a drop shadow chisel. A lot of these came to life on the show. I never drew on Funko Pop windows until I joined Whatnot. So currently I'm not doing any source signings or any conventions, but you can reach me. I am on the air talking to you for the hours that we are live. I am the one speaking to you, sharing with you, holding up the comics, the, the prints, the original art, uh, because that's what we do. Prints, original art, comics. Uh, toys, Funko Pops, all of it. Join me. Uh, it's a great, it's it's just the funnest app. What Not is the name of the app. Check it out. Give me a follow and uh, join one of our shows. So many of the people, I was floored in the last episode or the last show that we did. So many people said, I found you through your podcast. So I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled. Thank you guys so much. And I look forward to seeing you on What Not. Hey, that wraps it up for us one more time. You know, at the end of every episode, I wish you all the very best in the world, and I hope that you are getting rest, relaxation, and feeding your soul with a great book, a great comic book, a great movie, a great streaming series. Did I sit down and binge watch Vikings Valhalla the minute it landed last week? I did. My wife joined me. She joined me in in the Viking boat, and uh, we took that journey. It was so fun. Uh, You know, look. It, it's such a great outlet. Just sometimes we're just having such a good time following fun characters, great action. You're like, life, that's not my cup of tea. Well, whatever is your cup of tea, enjoy it. It, it takes time to sip it and, and, and drink it in. And maybe with a big donut or a bagel with cream cheese and, and nachos and, uh, you know, a great, a great bratwurst, a Philly cheesesteak, a pastrami sandwich. Come on, man. I'm all about the food. Okay. You know, I'm a foodie. Uh, I, I went down that rabbit hole. Those those food trucks changed me forever. So anyway, uh, maybe it's Cupcake or, or uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. You, you guys know what a big big fan I am of both. <laughs> anyway, uh, just, you know, whatever you're doing, take time. The weekend, maybe there's a cheat day. You just relax <clears throat> like I do. Pull a comic book off the shelf, off the spinner rack, graphic novel, um, and, and just go go through and, and, and reignite your childhood, your passions. Open up all those different portals. Feed yourself emotionally, spiritually, physically, and mentally. And I am always rooting for you. Please come back around. We'll have another episode booted up for you. I'll be here. And I look forward to seeing you because we most certainly, absolutely, inevitably will talk again real soon. 